Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the Power, to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance they do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, this morning, tonight, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world as we broadcast on the Fringe FM and Fringe.FM, the network website. Check us out on TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app or... If it's difficult to catch the show or you'd like to listen to an episode you've already heard or maybe you missed a part of it, you can subscribe to our full show archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. And when you subscribe to that archive, not only do you support the show, but you get access to every show so that you can download and or stream the show and take it with you. Listen when you have the time to do so. You also get access to our montage archive, which is growing. We've got almost 90 montages in there as well. A new montage tonight, too. You'll also get access to all of my books in digital form. That alone is a great deal. For $50 a year, you get access to all of that, and you get a physical copy of one of my books. You can check those books out separately on the website. Each book has its own page. The books are Food Philosophy, Occult Arcana, and The Technological Elixir, and I've put so much work into these books. I appreciate all of you who have bought these books, and then those of you who have taken the time to write me a wonderful, lovely email telling me about how much you enjoyed the book. Thank you so much. And for those of you who say the same thing about the show, uh, I had three people message me last week telling me that uh, the show has been on, quote, fire recently. And I don't know if I can really take credit for that. It's more so just, it seems like there's just an overflow uh, of information and things that that are really, really good show topics. And sometimes I'll come up with a show topic and I'll want to do like two or three episodes because I have like two or three different names for the same show, and I was thinking about what to call tonight's show because I didn't really want to focus specifically on one topic. But I remember a show that I did back, I think it was like in July of 2020, and it was about food. It was about uh, the company Trader Joe's, and I did a show called Trader Joe's, like Traitor, Traitor Joe's. And at the time... Uh, this was earlier last year. Trader Joe's was involved in a public uh, uh, woke mob, let's call it, of people who had created a petition, and they wanted Trader Joe's to change the names of some of their products because you know Trader Joe's has different lines of food, and everything is branded under the Trader Joe's logo and brand. And they change the name depending on the product. If it's, 
you know, Asian or Middle Eastern or it's Mexican, uh, like Trader Ming or uh, Trader Jose, uh, Arabian Joe, you know, clever, cute, I would argue culturally appropriate names. But uh, people were upset about that. And uh, Trader Joe's initially had said that they were going to change the names on some of the products, which would have probably cost, you know, tens of millions of dollars to go through and change everything out. And I, I don't know how the supply line works for Trader Joe's, but I'm a, I'd imagine they'd have lost a lot of product and it would have cost a lot of money, really for no, no, no reason whatsoever, just to appease a, a handful of people who can't deal with reality. So Trader Joe's later in 2020, uh, they decided uh, we're not going to change the names. And uh, the New York Times published a story, Trader Joe's defends product labels criticized as racist. The company had previously said the names of international theme products that were intended to promote inclusiveness, such as Trader Jose and Trader Ming's, quote, may now have the opposite effect. However, now the company has decided to defend their products and decided not to change them. Maybe some locations did that, but I, I don't think that they did. If you, you saw that at you know, Trader Joe's you went to, but Trader Joe's I went to, I just went to a Trader Joe's for the second time in, uh, in a month, but the second time in about a year uh, due to the fact that Trader Joe's has been really, really strict on their masking and their uh, authoritarian demands for customers, you know, having have a line even in the wintertime here in New York, they had lines of people just standing outside in the freezing temperatures because you can't have more than 10 people in the store at once. So I hadn't been to Trader Joe's for a long time, and I went into Trader Joe's, and uh, I usually would go to Trader Joe's to get, like, mushrooms. Mushrooms are cheaper at Trader Joe's. Brussels sprouts are cheaper at Trader Joe's. Uh, I'm getting, going there to get produce. And I usually go to a bunch of different grocery stores to save, to save money. And, um, you know, it might... It might not sound like you save money because you you have to drive, you have to spend gas to get there, uh, but it adds up. You know, if I can get a thing of mushrooms at Trader Joe's for for two twenty nine or two forty nine, and they're four something dollars at most places, you know that's that's the gas right there just to get to Trader Joe's, and I'm going to save more money uh, or whatever store I'm going to. So I'm very very passionate about not only saving money but you know getting the product I want. Uh, and making sure that it's uh, usually organic produce, uh, getting the best quality at the best price. So I'm willing to go around to save that extra money. But I go into Trader Joe's, and I didn't really need anything, uh, like especially from the produce section, but I thought, you know what, I'm feeling today like I, I want some hummus. And I remember Trader Joe's used to sell uh, just like an organic hummus, just chickpeas or garbanzo beans, tahini, I think there was like lemon in it and some, they might have put some like olive or sunflower oil or something like that in it. And of course, there's a little bit of salt, some cumin, maybe some paprika. I, I don't remember the exact ingredients. But I went in there and I went to get the hummus and I pulled the hummus off the shelf. And, you know, my, anytime I've ever done a show on food ingredients and reading labels, not just nutrition labels, but ingredients. There's a big difference there. You know, nutritionally, a product might be, if it's processed, better than another product. doesn't mean it's healthy. It might be healthier, you know, to get a bag of chips at Trader Joe's than to get a bag of Doritos at another grocery store. But it doesn't necessarily mean those chips are healthy. 
But then you have to look at ingredients too, because a lot of ingredients are, well, they're just outright poison, uh, either directly or indirectly through the way that the body processes them. So I'm looking at this this hummus, and I and I see that Trader Joe's, they they uh, they abandoned me. They changed the ingredients in the hummus, and I was very sad about that. They put in there's like a mixture of canola and safflower oil in it now, and there's xanthan gum in it now, which is not necessarily a dangerous ingredient. I just my stomach can't process that. And I mean, that's an important piece of information for people that might have digestive problems. Like you should probably know about xanthan gum. You should probably know about psyllium husk. I mean, hell, you eat some psyllium husk and you don't, you don't really, you know, have a great digestive, uh, you know, process. You know, your, your stomach doesn't really process the food, your intestines. You have, have a hard time going to the bathroom sometimes, kind of catch my drift. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, things like psyllium husk that'll make it 10 times or more worse. It's just exponentially worse. It'll make you very constipated. And I mean, these are just really simple things that have nothing to do with corporations and has nothing to do with health and what you should or shouldn't eat. It's just like understanding that if you eat a certain ingredient, it might cause a, a reaction in the body that could make you very sick. So I can't eat xanthan gum and I got really upset. Um, not angry, but I just, I was like, damn, I, I can't believe Trader Joe's changed their hummus ingredient list. And they added the canola and the safflower flour. That's because it's, you know, it's cheaper. They, they can, they can produce more of it, make more money. That's what I'm assuming. Safflower oil is dirt cheap in comparison to, uh, you know, an olive oil or a sunflower oil. Canola oil is dirt cheap. It's one of the top five genetically engineered, uh, crops, canola. So, I mean, that's, it's all about money then. Uh, and that's what a business is, is uh, attempting to do. Like Trader Joe's, they're trying to make a profit and they're trying to increase their profit. So they changed their ingredients. And then I started looking around at other things. I was thinking, well, maybe there's like a, they have a lot of new products. I thought maybe there's like a, another hummus or there's like some other, like salsa. I got salsa there before. Well, they changed the salsa and there's new things in the salsa now. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I thought, damn. It's two different things. So now I got suspicious and I started going around and looking at a lot of the products. And I don't really eat a lot of processed food, but I thought, I haven't had a chip for a while. Let me go look at the chips. I start looking at the chips and I can't find, uh, I can't find the chips I'm looking for. I was, I was trying to find these, um, these uh, 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 they're kind of like pita chips. And the last time I ate them, it was just organic wheat. It was a little bit of salt. Uh, I think they put some rosemary, oregano, or something on an Italian seasoning, and uh, water, and that was it. It was that simple. And I go back in to see if they have them, and they had sold them for a long time. And I asked the guy, and he said, "No, they uh, they just discontinued those." And I said, "Do you have any idea why they discontinued them?" And he said, "No, I guess they just they weren't really a good a, a good selling product." Which I get if they're not if it's not selling well then it, 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 it's not beneficial to the company to keep selling it. But, you know, that that's a, a situation that I found at a lot of grocery stores. There's a grocery store called Winco, an employee-owned grocery store. It's a big grocery store. It's kind of like a warehouse. And they have a lot of, uh, they even have a lot of, like, bulk survival-like foods and things like that. And uh, when I went to the one in Boise, Idaho, they used to have a department for organic food. And, uh one day I went in there, this was like three, four, probably four years ago, 
and they told me the the organic section I couldn't find it. They said it would it had been removed, and I said, "Does that mean you don't sell organic anything anymore?" And they told me, "Well, we have organic food. It's just kind of spread throughout the store, you know." And I, I said, "What's well, like a scavenger hunt?" <laughs> and so yeah, it was a scavenger, and I had to go through the store and try to find you know the organic rice or the organic quinoa. They just didn't have it in one section anymore, which maybe they just changed their business plan, right? But I asked the manager, I said, why did you get rid of the organic section? Like that was, I would assume that was a popular, especially in Boise, Idaho, all the hippie, dippy, you know, liberal health food nuts that live there. Why wouldn't you have an organic section? There's a Trader Joe's, uh, Trader Joe's next door. There's a Whole Foods next door. There's a co-op down the street. I would figure that Winco would want to compete with them. Well, long story short, the manager said, well, we just got, you know, uh, we got a, a, a notice uh, from higher up that said just dump the organic section and uh, this was around the same time about four years ago I went to I went to a Trader Joe's in Boise Idaho and they used to have like it was like a dollar 99 for a bag of organic peanuts and it was just organic peanuts they had salt and they had some that had no salt and I'd go in there and buy a bunch of those because they were super cheap and uh, one day they didn't have them anymore and I said what's the deal and they said uh, oh we stopped selling those uh, we uh, stopped manufacturing they pulled them and they told me the same thing about these dried figs. Oh, we pulled those. Now, I know that they got the figs back at Trader Joe's, but a lot of the products they had that were really, really simple, and even though they might have been minimally processed, you know, or processed in some way that the, the product, like a peanut's not changed, but they, you know, they put some oil or salt on it, you know, these were relatively healthy products compared to something that I might get at, you know, Walmart. So... I started to notice that organic foods and I started to notice that foods that were really simple that were packaged started to disappear off the shelves in you know places whether it was Boise Idaho or anywhere I had traveled it was Trader Joe's or it was obviously Whole Foods was bought by Amazon and they went downhill very quickly a lot of their organic bulk section just vanished and disappeared uh, a lot of their simple single ingredient bulk section uh, items disappeared some of the stores I've been to in Buffalo, New York, and other places in the country, across the country. So I started to notice that these things just started to disappear. And I was reminded of that again when I went into Trader Joe's uh, last week, uh, in, over the weekend. And how, you know, I know a company wants to make money, but, you know, a lot of these companies just seem to be moving. I don't know if, I, if, if this isn't a conspiracy. It's just a thought. Like, are these companies working together is there some big national group or international group that's that's coercing and, and pushing companies to get rid of organic products? Is it just a price thing? Is it a political thing? And so it came back to, to, to my thoughts, Trader Joe's. And I thought, let's do another show on this, Trader Joe's. And, you know, companies might say, well, it was discontinued. It didn't sell very well. Most of you probably aren't even aware you know, if a product goes missing at the store. But I pay attention to these things because I have a, I guess I have a foodie-like tooth. I like to, I like to buy food. I like to cook food. I like to eat healthy in the sense of that I'm eating simple, single ingredients. I like to cook. And when I see things disappearing like that at the store and I see choice and, and options disappear, I get a little bit suspicious. I, f- I feel like there's something strange going on. And I want to share that uh, thought process with you tonight. It might be very helpful. Uh, Perhaps you don't think that this is an interesting subject, but 
you just pay attention, if you listen to the show tonight, I think you might actually learn something, and you might find that's a lot more interesting than you initially thought. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info and check out our affiliate sponsors, Pro One Water Filters and US Plus Health. The slider bar at the top of the page. It's Trader Joe's. You've got preservatives. We'll be right back. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though 
but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that Delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that Delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see in the observations that we make on the Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on the Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. I had no idea that my investigations into the food industry would produce such a firestorm. Just a mouthful. I don't like green food. Where's the meat? That, my friend, is a magical combination of corn flour, dehydrated cheese solids, BHA, BHT, and good old MSG, a.k.a. the chip. Nacho cheese flavor. Food is so complicated as an adult. It's just where you see people in the supermarket, they're just sweating it out. Nobody knows what do I eat, the protein, the carbs, and the fat content. Oh, my God, fat content. What do you eat? Recently, many of the local restaurants have changed their small size option to a whopping 64 ounces. That's correct. And it's great for the consumer. More bang for the buck. Burger just recently came out with a new 128-ounce option. Most people call it a gallon, but they call it the regular. Then there is a horrifying 512-ounce version that they call child size. How is this a child size soda? Well, it's roughly the size of a two-year-old child if the child were liquefied. It's a real bargain at $159. I'm sorry, Miss Pinewood, but why would anybody need this much soda? It's not my place to speak for the consumer, but everyone should buy it. They manipulate us to buy their products, and they use dirty tactics, just like the tobacco industry has done. I want to tell you briefly about a really successful grocery chain in the United States it's called Trader Joe's. And about 80% of its products it sells under its own Trader Joe's branding, such as Italian food products badged up as Trader Giotto's, Chinese foodstuffs under Trader Ming's, and so on. So far, so good, but this is 2020, and all of this fun little wordplay by a successful and much-loved business, of course, cannot be allowed. A petition, naturally, was launched, and for a moment it looked like the trader might fold and rename all its products accordingly. But no, instead of rebranding so that every shop had a social justice snack aisle and charged extra for white privilege bread, Trader Joe's found its spy and held the line. I'm Ryan Gable. And you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. Trader Joe's last year, 2020, was able to stave off 
the communist Marxist mobs that demanded that the company change their labels on a lot of their products for international foods, from Trader Ming's to Trader Jose's, claiming that the company was racist. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Trader Joe's is one of those businesses, especially out west and especially in in big cities, that is considered very trendy. It's considered very, very liberal. And yet, large mobs of Marxist communists wanted Trader Joe's to change their product labels. Maybe if they paid for it, but, you know, Trader Joe's would have had to have picked up the bill for that. I would I would imagine, you know, I don't own a business, but I'd imagine that changing your whole product line and probably losing product in the process due to production and distribution and wait times and things like that, it would probably cost millions of dollars to appease a handful of radical, emotionally hysterical, mentally ill and delusional people who probably don't even shop at Trader Joe's. You know, years ago, I used to joke actually on this show i used to joke about how you know at some point in the future trader joe's is going to be shut down because trader joe's has all these horrible you know racist uh, d- d- defamatory product uh names and i was always joking about that i always liked going to trader joe's but in late 2020 trader joe's made a statement and said that they will not change their product Names and they'll continue to use the same names like Trader Ming's and Trader Jose's that they've always used. And then that mob of delusional, basement-dwelling, hysterical, anarcho-communist, Marxist thugs vanished. And Trader Joe's stands as strong today as it ever has been, you know. So that shows you what capitulating, or rather not capitulating, to a mob will get you. If you don't capitulate, well, you just, you know, usually you get more powerful. More people go to support your store. I mean, why do you think, and maybe this was the whole plan, maybe it was a conspiracy orchestrated by Trader Joe's. It's kind of like uh, Chick-fil-A. Remember when Chick-fil-A said, look, we don't like gay people, you know. <laughs> we don't support gay marriage, is what they said. We don't, we don't like gay marriage. And, okay, they have a right to not like gay marriage. And, uh, you know, they're a Christian company. You go into some of these Chick-fil-A's and it looks like uh, it's like a like a cult running it. You know, every the way that the the, the, the last time I went into a Chick-fil-A, I don't know, it was like seven, eight years, eight years ago. No, it couldn't have been that. Maybe it was like when I was 20. It was like 10 years ago. I went into a, a Chick-fil-A in Orlando and I remember the kid behind the counter. This kid was probably like 19 years old and he looked like a Jehovah's Witness or like a cult leader in a Chick-fil-A outfit. And I just thought, like, you know, if you ever watch the TV show Breaking Bad, they were laundering the money through the chicken restaurant. I, I think that's kind of that's kind of what Chick-fil-A does. Chick-fil-A launders like Christian ideology through the chicken. And like the guy that was working behind the counter just looked like he looked like he was in a cult. And the girl that worked there, too, they look kind of look like Mormons, you know, the way that they dressed and. It was like a weird combination of like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. It's a, it, I don't know. Chick-fil-A was a weird place the last time I was there. But Chick-fil-A, you know, made those comments. And then what happened to Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A didn't vanish silently into the night. Chick-fil-A made a lot of money because all their supporters lined up to buy 
the chicken sandwiches. They lined up to buy those uh, waffle fries or whatever Chick-fil-A serves now, the chicken nuggets. And, uh, you know, I always thought that companies like Chick-fil-A really violate their own ideology because, you know, biblically speaking anyway, uh, your body is a temple. Metaphorically speaking, your body is a temple. This goes back to the, the, the mystery schools in Greece and Rome and Egypt. Your body is a temple. Uh, it's an unfinished temple, like an unfinished pyramid. And every brick goes into finishing the temple or the pyramid. Every action, every decision. You either build yourself or you tear yourself down. You are also a brick, the metaphor goes, in the unfinished temple that is society. And you can either build or destroy society. So, and this is just a, you know, a general overview of that esoteric concept. But if you look at Christian ideology in the Bible, a lot of the things that Chick-fil-A has in their foods, well, it's kind of counterproductive to Christianity. It's counterproductive to the idea that the body is a temple. And I, I remember, you know, saying that on air when that happened with Chick-fil-A, that Chick-fil-A has every right in the world to not, as a company, support gay marriage. Hobby, Hobby Lobby's the same way. They have every right in the world to, to not support, you know, uh, you know, paying for, I forgot what the, what is the Hobby Lobby issue? Was that about like paying for contraceptives or something like that? You know, Hobby Lobby has every right in the world to do that. You know, I guess the, the certain circumstances, uh, you know, exist that might, change the the definition of what exactly that right is but if that company wants to take that stance fine and what happens is they make more money because people go and support them people that might you know like chick-fil-a and might not have an opinion one way or another but they happen to be christian they hear that and suddenly they go support chick-fil-a and the same thing perhaps with trader joe's trader joe's said look we might do this we might change the names and then they said no we're not going to do it we like the names you know, the, 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 the woke mob of commie Marxist anarchists can take a hike. And guess what? They did take a hike because the only power they have is the power you give them. Trader Joe's gave them no power. And so they took off their black hoods. They put on their covid masks and they went to continue shopping at Trader Joe's. So it shows you a couple of things. It shows you one. The mob has power only if you give the mob power. And it shows you that even a company like Trader Joe's, despite the fact of how left-wing it's perceived by the public, how extreme you know the politics of uh, a business like Trader Joe's might be or might not be, you know, not every employee there shares in the same viewpoints. It's just business, and it, and the business is intending to make money. That's the intent of the business. It's not a non non profit <laughs> grocery store. It's they're trying to make money. So they're going to do what they can to make money, including using the petition against them, if they didn't orchestrate it, to make themselves look like a victim so that people would continue to buy their product. I don't know what happened, but it just seems like either way, Trader Joe's benefited from that last year. And uh, whether it's Trader Joe's or it's Chick-fil-A or it's Hobby Lobby, a lot of these businesses, whether they're food or you know they're a, they're a craft store, they take a stance, and their supporters support them, and that's that's it. It's 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 you know it's blind ideology, and that's fine. People have their 
their viewpoints and they choose to support those companies, there's I have no personal issue with that. And even if I did, what does my opinion matter on that subject? But, you know, this is something that irritates me when people say, well, you know, you, you can't always be right. You can't always be right. Well, you can always be right if what you say is always right. I'll give you an example. If I tell you that eating processed food is not good for you, this is a fact. It's a general fact, but it's a fact. Can I still be wrong? Yes, because technically certain forms of food that aren't necessarily quote-unquote bad for you can still be processed. If a, a corn on the cob is cooked and the corn is peeled off and that corn is put into a, you know, a little you know, a can or a little glass jar with a little salt and a little water, well, that's processed, but is it, necess- is it bad necessarily? Well, not really. Is it better for you than creamed corn in a can with 5,000 milligrams of sodium? Yeah, it's a lot better than that creamed canned corn or whatever it is that they sell, you know, at the dollar store. So, you know, when you think of things like, you know, healthy and you think of things like like uh, what it means to, to eat better, these are very arbitrary relative things. And anytime I do a show about food, although tonight's show is not exclusively about food, you know, it's, it's always, you know, a handful of people that feel like I'm telling them what to eat and what to do. I'm not telling you what to eat and what to do. I'm, I'm trying to make an interesting observation. Companies like Trader Joe's, Hobby Lobby, and Chick-fil-A, they take their stance. They get a lot of support from, from their supporters and people that have an ideology like them that might not, you know, support their company otherwise. And they go buy those products and they make money and... They remain strong companies. But at the same time, what those blind supporters typically don't do is address the quality of the products that they're buying, especially the Christians at Chick-fil-A. In my opinion, they're violating their own ideology. They're violating the tenets of the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care to debate that. I don't care to be right about it. I'm just making an observation because I'm a talk show host, and that's what we do. But I'm making the same observation about Trader Joe's. Perhaps the people that support Trader Joe's and the people that are, you know, especially if you're very concerned about the Trader Joe's labels and how racist they might be, or you wish Trader Joe's in the last year would bring back the mask mandates, and maybe you hope Trader Joe's will force everybody to be vaccinated. Probably never happen, you know, if you want to come into the store, but because they'll lose, you know, half their customer base or more. But, uh, you know, go in to a Trader Joe's or any grocery store and read the ingredients on the packaging. This is what irritates me so much. People are more upset that Trader Joe's calls their Asian food Trader Ming's than they are about the food itself and the ingredients in the food. People are more upset about the exhaling of carbon dioxide than they are about literally tens of thousands of synthetic or organosynthetic chemicals that are created by man and dumped indiscriminately into the environment. I talked about this last week, too, uh, about hijacked environmentalism, or whatever environmentalism has become today, 
Uh, it's a lot different than it used to be, just like feminism is not at all what it used to be and, 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 and moves toward uh, what we call more, more equitable civil rights are not what they used to be either. All of these things have been hijacked by extremist ideologies because who can fight with civil rights? Who can fight with women's rights? Who can fight with environmentalism? Well, if you try to, obviously you're going to be labeled a racist or a sexist or someone who hates the environment. But my question is this. How can, how can an environmentalist support genetically engineered food on any stance, any principle, any point? And how can an environmentalist is what's really crazy to me. An environmentalist say that carbon dioxide is is so dangerous to the environment, and yet the solution to climate change is then dumping insecticides, pesticides, and herbicides in larger and larger doses on crops, depleting topsoil, destroying the nutrient density of the of the of the soil and the crops, and poisoning the water, poisoning the animals, the insects, and human beings. How can a person who thinks carbon dioxide is poisonous, accept all of that. Not only accept it, but offer it as a solution to what they say is global warming because of carbon dioxide. Well, the answer really is in the the, the semi-rhetorical question, I believe. If you think carbon dioxide is poison, well, then it's no wonder you believe in an upside-down Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass kind of a world where poison is literally seen as a beneficial component to life and carbon dioxide, the oxygen of plants, we give plants, they give us the oxygen and a very simple uh, you know, explanation of, of the exchange we have with the plant kingdom, that is considered a poison. I mean, this is, this is an upside-down world. Uh, this, is a, this is an inverted way of thinking. And so I always ask the question, how can you think that carbon dioxide is poison but not tens of thousands of toxic chemicals that you not only accept but you promote as the solution to global warming and climate change through genetic engineering? It's astounding. How can you be upset at Chick-fil-A for not supporting gay marriage or upset at Hobby Lobby for not wanting to pay for your contraception, which is absolutely preposterous. And if I am going to take a stance on something, I I would stand with Hobby Lobby. It's not Hobby Lobby's responsibility or your responsibility to pay for sex assignment, uh, reassignment surgery, or to pay for people's contraceptives. It's not your responsibility to do any of that. However, Trader Joe's, on the other hand, all they did was the, they labeled some products, Trader Ming's, Trader Jose's. And a big mob got really upset at Trader Joe's, and Trader Joe's was initially going to capitulate, and they decided, no, we can stave this off. And they resisted it. And uh, Trader Joe's is perfectly fine today. But all the people that were upset about Trader Ming's didn't read the ingredients, apparently, on Trader Ming's. Didn't read the ingredients on the Trader Jose's. Now, I read ingredients, and I went into Trader Joe's. I don't particularly, like, I don't particularly support Trader Joe's. I don't really support anything or anyone, per se. I just know I can get good deals at Trader Joe's. 
And I would rather go to, if, if I had the option between a Trader Joe's and a Walmart, I'd go to Trader Joe's 10 out of 10 times. And I go to Trader Joe's and, you know, I, I was looking around. I, I've gone into Trader Joe's twice this month. And that's the, the only two times I've been in there for over a, about a year because of the restrictions and how you can't have more than a few people in the store. And I started looking for the hummus I usually buy or I used to buy at least. And I go in and I find it and they changed the ingredients on it. They changed uh, the oils out. Now there's like safflower and canola oil and there's uh, uh, xanthan gum in it, which I can't eat. And it just got me thinking again. People are upset about a name on a product, but they're not upset about ingredients in the product. And I think the same goes for even people that read nutrition labels. Yes, salt, fat, sugar, you name it. Excessive amounts, dangerous, no question about it. But what about those ingredients? Those ingredients can poison you even if otherwise you have a relatively healthy diet. However, vice versa, the people that are obsessed with ingredients, how about you take a look at that nutrition label once in a while? People that are obsessed with calorie counting, got to get the calorie, 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 calorie. Well, what happens if you're eating calories that are essentially empty, where you're getting very little to no nutritional value? See, this is where that whole thing that I, you know, that frustration I voiced a moment ago about being right. I don't care to be right. This is where, this is where that frustration comes in. You eat foods that are extremely high in sugar, extremely high in, in salt, extremely high in fat. They're going to make you sick. There's no debate. There's no argument. You can try to use tobacco industry science. You can try to use main line Media science, food industry science. You can claim like Coca-Cola did that Coca-Cola is healthy because there's water in it. You can try to claim that, uh, you know, milk is healthy because there's calcium in it. But the reality is, barring the arbitrary explanations and definitions of these things, processed food, fast food, Tobacco, these are not things that are good for your body. There's no debate. That's, and it doesn't mean that I'm right, I'm right, look at me, I'm right. It's just a fact. Now, if you can acknowledge that fact and have no issue, then we have no problem. But if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, we've got a problem. It's not because I have a giant ego and I have to be right all the time. It's because you're wrong, that's not reality and I am not going to live in a false reality because you can't come to grips with actual reality. Processed food is poison. And all the ingredients that are in the processed food, not just the salts and the sugars and the fats, not just the, the oils and things like that, but the MSGs and the BHTs, you know, that clip that I played in the montage from the kids' movie Over the Hedge. Good old MSG. The cheese-flavored chips. Now, maybe you like those ingredients. Maybe you think it's fun. Maybe you think it's funny. Okay, I, I don't care. I, I'm just making an observation tonight. I want to know why people are upset about carbon dioxide. But even, even then, let me, let me rephrase that. Even then, upset about carbon dioxide, demand carbon dioxide 
is diminished in the atmosphere, which would be detrimental to the earth, but who cares about science, basic earth science, like middle school earth science. How about methane? When's that discussed? You don't hear about methane anymore. You just hear about carbon dioxide. But what about all the chemicals that are sprayed? Don't hear about the chemicals. In fact, the chemicals are said to be the solution to global warming and climate change. Because we need to have genetic engineering as, as part of the solution. That includes more chemicals. I mean, even if chemicals were not, like, poisonous to you, toxic poison is not poison, let's say. Let's live in the upside down for a moment. Is it not, like, kind of suspicious? The genetic engineering, the patenting, the owning of life, the suing of small farmers, the pushing of those farmers off their land, the uh, selling of seeds and the patenting of those seeds and forcing farmers to buy the seeds, not save the seeds, be totally dependent on an industry. Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of Indian farmers committing suicide, farmers drinking the poison that they're spraying on their crops to commit the suicide. Is it not like kind of suspicious that all of that is the quote-unquote solution to a man-made problem like global warming or climate change? If it's really a man-made problem, then how can the solution, when offered, have any kind of effect when the solution, this is according to the mainstream narrative, if the solution is manufactured by the same exploitative ideology that led to the problem in the first place. So people always say it's, it's, it's rap, rabid capitalism and it's industrialization and it's too many cars and too many air conditioners and too many kids and families and houses and it's too much pollution, it's too much carbon dioxide. Okay, well, what's your solution? Well, we genetically engineer crops. We give the patents and the control of that over to the industries. We don't really have any safety studies that show any kind of negative effects because we shredded them or we hid them. The industry submits only the studies that are beneficial to them, to the USDA or to the FDA. And uh, we've run advertising campaigns, and we've also put this into late-night comedy, and we've put it into movies and TV shows that make people who question the quote-unquote science as being conspiracy theorists or anti-science. Uh, and we've, we've really created uh, you know, the solution to the problem of global warming and climate change in this genetically engineered product that we own that you can't touch, that you can't get near, that you have to pay us for every time you use it. And then you have to also pay us for the chemicals because you have to use the chemicals on these, on these plants that we've engineered. Nobody finds that suspicious? Nobody? Anybody? Anybody find that suspicious? No. We just think that's the solution to the problem. Allow it to, to just proceed. Because if you question it, you're anti-science. And that's, that's how it always, always is. How can you question the science of milk? Milk has calcium. It, 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 see, these are just one-dimensional problems, is what they are. And they are problems that are or solutions in some cases that are offered to those one-dimensional problems, they are solutions offered through one-dimensional thinking. Yes, milk has calcium. Yes, calcium is good for your bones. Logically, you'd think milk must be good for the bones. In reality, women who drink milk consistently have a higher rate of bone fracture and osteoporosis. That's in the scientific 
medical literature. That's a fact. You can try to debate it. Okay? You can take a check from big milk and big dairy, but the reality is that milk is highly acidic. Because of its acidity, calcium will actually be leached out of the bones, making them more brittle and more fragile, more likely to fracture and break. That is a scientific fact. But do you see how reality is turned on its head? They say don't drink milk. They're anti-science. Milk house calcium. Calcium is good for you. This is proven. Yes, calcium is in milk. That's a fact. Calcium is good for the body. That's a fact. But how do you get your calcium? If you get your calcium through your diet that doesn't involve dairy, and it's a whole diet and not milk that was made by nature for a growing calf, then uh, your calcium absorption probably a little bit better. If you drink the milk, what's going to happen? Calcium will be leached out of the bones, and guess what? Bones become a little more fragile. Milk does the opposite. That's a scientific fact. Bottom line, no discussion, no debate. You can try to debate it, but you're wrong. Not because I'm right, but because that's actual science. People don't want to talk about actual science. People don't want to talk about how consuming meat in excess, and excess is not a lot in this case, because we eat so much meat that we consider an excess to be like maybe two or three uh, you know, T-bone steaks. No, excess is like more than a small portion. And that's pretty much how all processed foods are anyway. You know, you look at a can of Coke, what do you have? Like in most, most uh, sodas, it's like two servings in a can. Who drinks half a can? So they can break, break up the sugar content and make it look like there's only 30 grams of sugar when there's actually 60 plus whatever they put into the product that's not technically sugar but has the same effect as sugar once the product is consumed. Uh, the meat industry does it. The dairy industry does it. Uh, the only industry that doesn't do it is the farm industry. Uh, the farmers that grow plants, the farmers that uh, take those plants to grocery stores and sell them, uh, the, that's the industry that doesn't because they don't have money to advertise, to market, to manipulate, to deceive, to hire psychologists. and They don't have the money to do that. You know, the thing that irritates me so much about this is you go to a go to a store like Trader Joe's and you look at the ingredients in their in their foods. You look at the processed packaging, you look at the uh, you know both nu- nutrition and the ingredients. I think they're equally as important. And you start to realize if you look at those things that what you're eating is not really food. And uh, you know, maybe if you do that, you'd realize well, if anybody is going to be upset at a Trader Joe's or a Chick-fil-A, you know, businesses that have had problems in the past for political views or because they've, you know, they've decided to use clever names to label their products, that that's not really the issue. The issue is the food that you're buying, the food that you're eating, the nutrition and the ingredients. That's what's important. Carbon dioxide is not the issue. Chemical pollutants are the issue. Physical pollution is not necessarily the issue. 
Plastic straws make up less than, what is it, less than 3% of all plastic pollution. They're not the problem. You're as a, you, you as an individual are not the problem. The problem is a combination of your decisions mixed with the corporations that we otherwise might see as the sole source, the, the, the root source of the problem. Businesses can say that you, as a consumer, are making a decision, they're simply selling a product, and they're providing you with what you want and what you desire. However, when we break it down, it's not really what you want and desire. It's what you've been conditioned, trained, programmed, and how it's been marketed and advertised to you that makes you want that product. All companies do is hijack your instinct, your natural desire to consume certain things. They amplify those ingredients and you become addicted. And the people that run those companies probably feel the same way you do about the foods. They like it. However, fast food, processed food, doesn't matter if you get your food at Chick-fil-A or you get your food at Trader Joe's. Food is one of the things that is responsible, especially in the West, but now around the world as the world has adopted a Western processed diet for virtually all of our leading causes of disease, suffering, and death. It's uh, well known that the third leading cause of death is uh, iatrogenic. It's doctors. Doctors kill a lot of people. Drugs kill a lot of people. Food kills a lot of people. Factually, scientifically, changing your diet can change your life, extend your life, save your life, and eliminate suffering. If you choose not to change your diet, fine. Don't tell me that the solution is a drug or a surgery. That's preposterous, and it's quite dangerous, and it's quite extreme. An industry like the food industry will say it's extreme to cut all of our products out of your diet. No, it's extreme to keep eating them, getting very little to no nutritional value for them, and then continuing to buy those products, getting sicker, and having to go have uh, coronary bypass surgery, you know, or people have gastric bypass or the gastric sleeve or they have liposuction. Like maybe in the most extreme of circumstances, a handful of people could get those a year, but that's not the case. Thousands of people get those. And I don't know if it's laziness, if it's ignorance, if it's a combination. We, we think we're taking the easy way out, though, is the point. We always think we're taking the easy way. It's easier to do this. It's not easier to do things when they cause you more harm in the end. And, 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 and here, tonight in the first segment, the first hour, uh, first two segments, you think about all the things that, that, that I've just, you know, I've just, I, I, I've gone over with you. I mean, it, it, a number of things, whether it's the, the, the processing of food, and the, and the manipulation of, uh, you know, the public perception and, and intuition and desire for certain types of food. Or it's the fact that people get upset about things that don't really matter. And that can be organized into a, a, a really, really wonderful distraction against things that do matter. 
you know, Trader Mings, people are upset about that, but they're not upset about the ingredients in the Trader Mings. People are upset about companies like Chick-fil-A because they don't support gay marriage or whatever, but they're not upset about the chicken and the process, processed food that Chick-fil-A sells. Maybe it's misplaced priorities. And our priorities for everything, including, you know, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, our priorities are misplaced. Excessive cleaning, chemicals sprayed everywhere, masks that prevent people from breathing, increase what they call in the literature bacterial pneumonia. But we don't listen to the science. We listen to outrage. We listen to emotion. We listen to whoever screams the loudest. Tonight, though, I think you should maybe listen to your intuition and you should think before you act I'm Ryan Gable this is The Secret Teachings there's more after this, stay with us Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages, it's KTLK Digital Broadcasting The Fringe FM Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020 and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin who had been turned into a god was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a twin summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Yeah, I don't know what to do! 
Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and live measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. that my investigations into the food industry would produce such a firestorm. Just a mouthful. I don't like green food. Never meat. Have they got any chips? That, my friend, is a magical combination of corn flour, dehydrated cheese solids, BHA, BHT, and good old MSG, a.k.a. the chip. Nacho cheese flavor. Food is so complicated as an adult. It's just when you see people in the supermarket, they're just sweating it out. Nobody knows what do I eat, the protein, the carbs, and the fat content. Oh, my God, fat content. What do you eat? Pizza, pizza, chicken, pizza. Oh, that's Recently, many of the local restaurants have changed their small size option to a whopping 64 ounces. That's correct. And it's great for the consumer. More bang for the buck. Ponch Burger just recently came out with a new 128 ounce option. 
most people call it a gallon, but they call it the regular. Then there is a horrifying 512 ounce version that they call child size. How is this a child size soda? Well, it's roughly the size of a two-year-old child if the child were liquefied. It's a real bargain at $159. i am sorry, Miss Pinewood, but why would anybody need this much soda? It's not my place to speak for the consumer, but everyone should buy it. They manipulate us to buy their products, and they use dirty tactics, just like the tobacco industry has done. I want to tell you briefly about a really successful grocery chain in the United States called Trader Joe's. And about 80% of its products it sells under its own Trader Joe's branding, such as Italian food products badged up as Trader Giotto's, Chinese foodstuffs under Trader Ming's, and so on. So far, so good, but this is 2020, and all of this fun little wordplay by a successful and much-loved business, of course, cannot be allowed. A petition, naturally, was launched, and for a moment it looked like the trader might fold and rename all its products accordingly. But no, instead of rebranding so that every shop had a social justice snack aisle and charged extra for white privilege bread, Trader Joe's found its spine and held the line. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. You know, psychologists and politicians have hijacked science. They've hijacked facts. Both sides of political debate will use the word science, will use the word fact. They'll do so to persuade an audience that what they're saying is scientific, meaning it must be factual. They use the word fact because it implants the idea in your head that if it's a fact, it must be true. Well, it's a fact that milk has calcium. It's a fact that calcium is good for your bones. It's misleading, however, to tell people that drinking milk is good for your bones because it's not. All the literature says that drinking milk will actually, especially for women, lead to more bone fractures. It will lead to more osteoporosis, which just means hollow bone. It's a fancy way of saying a hollow bone. This is really what controls the world. It's psychology. And it's very similar to symbols because symbols communicate an idea uh, or uh, a thought on a subconscious level. And psychologists manipulate on a subconscious and unconscious level. Psychologists have hijacked what we call science and what we call fact. It's behavioral psychology to get you to do things and to believe things that you otherwise wouldn't do or wouldn't believe, to mislead you. To create so much confusion that you just end up doing whatever you're told. Or you do whatever's easiest. Because whatever's easiest must be either the right thing to do because of Occam's razor, which is often used uh, as a fallacy, I believe. And I think itself, you know, it is a fallacy. The uh, the simplest explanation is is the right answer. That's not even remotely close to being true. It's not always the simplest explanation until you can somehow work through the minutiae, all the fraudulent details, all the haze, all the muddy, you know, water. Once you can work through that, then yes, the simplest solution is the best solution. You know, reducing your consumption of alcohol, cigarettes, etc., that is the simplest option. Nobody said it had to be the easiest option. If you're addicted to those things, if that's how you get by in life, 
but it's the it's the easiest thing to do. If you want to if you want to prevent heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you name it, the leading causes of death. Well, you stop smoking, stop drinking, exercise a little bit, eat a little bit better. We all know what eating better means. Don't eat junk food. It's called junk food for a reason. And you may think, well, don't tell us how to eat. Don't tell us how to live our lives. I'm not telling you how to eat. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm simply saying, make sure you're in control of your life. Make sure you're the one making the decision. Not a psychologist. Not somebody in the marketing department. Not mainline media. Not a doctor. Not a scientist. But you. You make the decision. Now, I know people think that's dangerous. Why shouldn't we listen to doctors? Why shouldn't we listen to scientists? Someone asked me that, actually. On a radio show, I was guesting on called uh, Radio Wasteland. And uh, I had a good conversation with them. It was a fun little uh, hour-long discussion. I've been on the show, uh, this was, I think, the second or third time. And uh, we got into a discussion about things like masks and vaccines. And, you know, it's, all, it's very highly charged politically, of course. And I, I you know, it doesn't have to be. And uh, I, I said, all the literature on masks show they don't work. They do the opposite. And uh, we got into this discussion and uh, I was, I was asked, but shouldn't we listen? Are Are you telling the listeners not to listen to the scientists, not to listen to the doctors? And, you know, I was almost offended by that question. Who said not to listen to the doctors and scientists in general? No, I'm saying don't listen to doctors and scientists in the sense that you take everything they say to be true, to be a fact, because they have the letters after their name, or they are a quote-unquote scientist. I said, you know, doctors kill uh, more people than uh, most leading diseases. And diseases kill a lot of people uh, due to the negligence of doctors, the negligence of the medical industry, uh, the negligence of, uh, you know, food companies, the, the negligence of uh, politicians and governmental bodies. Diets kill a lot of people. Smoking, alcohol kills a lot of people. So I don't think I'm going to listen to every doctor and scientist, but I will listen to what they say. I just don't necessarily need to take it into consideration and apply it to my life. I'll listen to what you have to say about a mask or a vaccine or about, you know, uh, about, you know, some doctors will tell you to eat meat or drink milk. I'll, I'll listen to you. But when, when science actually says something different, then I'm going to do what science actually says to do. Science says not to wear a mask. Science says not to drink milk unless you want to have bone fractures. Science says not to eat an excess of meat unless you want to have, you know, heart problems, blood problems. You want to have all sorts of negative consequences. And I'm being very general here. You don't want to have heart disease, probably shouldn't eat meat, probably shouldn't smoke, probably shouldn't drink. You know, these are diseases of certain organs in the body, right? And we think like, well, if I do X, Y, Z, it must affect this particular organ. And in some cases, yeah, you're smoking, it's affecting the lungs. But uh, generally, these are just effects that actions are having in the body. 
and we put them into to complexes and we say these are the symptoms of this particular complex, of this particular disease. But in reality, people that are unhealthy, they have problems with their lungs, they have problems with their heart, their liver, their kidneys, you name it. Because they're generally unhealthy, the body is shutting down. It doesn't have the, the strength or the ability to process through all of the harm that's been done to it. It's not like, well, I smoke cigarettes so my heart will be fine because it just goes into my lungs. That's completely preposterous. And on the surface, it might seem logical. Well, smoke goes into your lungs. It affects your lungs. It won't have any other effect on the body. You know, Coca-Cola said Coca-Cola is good for you because it has water in it. Well, water's good for you. Coca-Cola ain't good for you. If I put poison in that water, it ain't going to be too good for you. So it's just misleading. It's, it's highly deceptive. It's all psychology. You know, I was asked that question, you don't think we should trust the doctors and scientists? Well, not necessarily, no. Doctors are the third leading cause of death officially in the United States. Uh, it's actually larger than that. They're, they have to be actually, I think, somewhere in the, the one or two category, considering that the first two leading causes of death are cancer and heart disease. And due to the fact that doctors typically don't advise their patients to, you know, in a strict way, they might recommend it, but in a strict way, you need to eat better. You need to exercise. You need to, you know, and, and, and that doesn't mean you need to like run a marathon. You like 20 minutes of exercise a day, 20 minutes to an hour. You need to reduce your consumption of red meat, reduce your smoking, reduce your alcohol. Just a little bit can, can, can add months or years to your life. I mean, in the general population, if people did this across the board, what would happen is you'd have millions of people who would survive every year from things that otherwise would have killed them. Things that would make them suffer and kill them as a result of the choices they make. So doctors are negligent in that way. If they're doing that to their patients, they're not informing them of the dangers or they're not pushing them because of the pushback from the meat or the dairy industry or the pharmaceutical industry that pays the doctors. The doctors are negligent. They're responsible. They're as responsible as the doctors who fall asleep during a surgery or prescribe painkillers in excess because they want to make a profit from it or the doctors who decide that, you know, they are God, and no matter what happens to you, they did their best to save you. They're always the victim of hatred. They're always the hero. Even if they kill you, they're still the hero. These, these doctors are negligent if they act this way. So if a, if, if a doctor or a scientist is acting in that way, no, I don't trust them. When doctors are the third leading cause of death, and when you factor in what doctors do to you when you have cancer, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, almost every single time, it's unnecessary, and it does nothing but cause harm. Doctors, therefore, fall into the second cause of death, cancer. Cancer doesn't really kill you. Sometimes it could, depending on where a tumor might form. But cancer normally doesn't kill you. Doctors kill you. It's just a matter of reclassification. And that's kind of what's happened in the last year. Flu deaths have virtually vanished. Now it's all COVID-19. Now you can't have anything. Everything is COVID-19. You know? And I uh, I spent a lot of time reading uh, books uh, you know, on a number of different topics. And I've been reading about nutrition recently and you know my fiance hope she's uh, studied nutrition she actually took uh, some nutrition classes and 
she has a bunch of nutrition books. And just one morning I was flipping through one of her nutrition texts and it was talking about sugar and sugar substitutes. And uh, it mentioned aspartame. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let's let's look at that. Now, I thought it's a nutrition book. It's going to have, you know, the history of aspartame and how bad aspartame is. But it didn't. It says, aspartame has undergone continual vigorous reviews to ensure that it is safe for human consumption. The FDA considers it one of the most thoroughly studied and tested food additives approved by the agency. It is not associated with any adverse effects in the general population, including children. That is a direct quote from this college-level nutrition textbook called Nutrition and You. And uh, Hope always had uh, a problem with her nutrition class. When I first met her, she showed me one of the last things that she was doing in the class, and it it was like recommending that people drink or eat something that's still really bad for you, but because it's better than something else, a nutritionist might want to recommend it, which I get the concept like uh, drinking, uh, you know, a soda might arguably be better for you than drinking fruit punch, like the high C with the little guy on the surfboard. Drinking a soda might actually be better for you than that, but that doesn't mean that either one of them are good for you. I mean, it would depend on if you're talking about better for you in terms of sugar, in terms of food coloring, which the high C has a lot more food coloring, better healthier relative terms the more you can get toward reducing multiple ingredient foods and moving into single ingredient foods and then mixing them together to make meals the healthier you're going to be there's no like plateau of health everybody's different but generally speaking if you smoke cigarettes you know that's unhealthy let's be real you drink alcohol you know that's unhealthy well alcohol can can, 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 you know, be good for the heart. Well, yeah, under certain conditions and under strict consumption. Not drinking uh, two bottles of wine every night. That's not good for the heart. Maybe a glass of red wine on occasion. But the benefits of a glass of red wine are no different. Literally no different. It's the same benefit of eating a handful of walnuts. So you don't have to drink the glass of wine. If you'd like to, drink the glass of wine. I don't care. But don't act like you don't know cigarettes are, are, are poisonous. Don't act like, oh, marijuana is such a wonderful miracle drug. Well, how about this? Is it good to inhale smoke into your lungs? No. So it doesn't matter what the benefits of marijuana are. It's still harmful to your lungs. Now, maybe the benefits outweigh the harm. That's something that you have to weigh as a personal decision. But don't, don't delude yourself into thinking that there's no harmful effects because something's good for you. Eat 300 carrots. You'll probably die. You won't be able to get there because the calories and the nutrition and the carrots will make you full after just a couple of them. That's the benefit of plant food. But I'm reading this nutrition book and Hope's had some issues with this stuff herself because of those reasons I just outlined. And uh, I read this section about aspartame and it literally says, you know, we've had we've had like Betty Martini on the show. We've had Dr. Nancy Appleton on the show both of whom talk about sugar. Uh, uh, Suicide by Sugar was Dr. Nancy Appleton's book. It's a really great book. Uh, got me to remove sugar entirely in the processed form out of my diet, or almost entirely. Uh, and then uh, Betty Martini, who wrote a review for my book, Food Philosophy, 
She has been on the show a number of times talking about aspartame, and uh, both of them are pretty elderly. I don't, I don't know if they're still alive. I haven't talked to them for a couple of years. Uh, but aspartame is like one of perhaps the most well-documented toxic food additives. And this nutrition book doesn't even say, well, you know, aspartame might be better than highly processed sugar, but aspartame is really dangerous, so be careful. No, the book literally says this. It is not associated with any adverse effects in the general population, including children. And I read that and I thought, I said it out loud. I was like, what are they talking about? No adverse effects. Aspartame is a known neurotoxin. Aspartate, which is what aspartame is part, it's a component of aspartame. Aspartate is a salt of aspartic acid, which is an amino acid. When it accumulates in the body, it can turn normal function into a toxic one, taking something that's normal and natural, engineering it, tampering with it, having excess in the body, and it and it, it becomes toxic. It's like, you know, you can have too many of one vitamin, and it creates imbalance in the body, which is why supplements aren't always a good idea. Aspartame is a neurotoxin, just like MSG. And this is a well-known fact. It's formed of three molecules— Aspartic acid, methanol, and phenylalanine. Now, Dr. Russell Baylock, some of you might know Dr. Russell Baylock, explains the metabolic breakdown of aspartame as yielding, quote, about a dozen toxic compounds, some of which have been associated with cancer induction and alteration of brain function. Yes, because it's a neurotoxin, it's an excitotoxin, it kills your brain cells. Artificial sweeteners, like aspartame, are offered as a solution to sugar consumption. In this nutrition book that my fiance Hope has, it says that there is not a single adverse effect in the general population associated with aspartame. This is what nutritionists are learning, folks. So no, I don't trust the nutritionist. No, I don't trust the doctor. No, I don't trust the scientist. Does that mean that I don't trust doctors and scientists? Let's be very clear about that. I don't trust nutritionists, doctors, or scientists. Does that mean I won't listen to them? No, I will listen. If you say something that makes sense, like drinking uh, you know, uh, a soda is better for you than drinking a box of wine every night, I'll probably say, yeah, that's, that's probably true, depending on what you're basing that, that, that statement on. You know, And depending on the health of the individual person you might already have uh, malfunctioning organs you don't need to drink a box of wine that's going to make the situation worse a soda probably is better in that situation you know what's even better water tea coffee those are still better choices but if a nutritionist or a doctor or a scientist says uh you know aspartame is a better solution than eating like pounds of sugar a day maybe you know, depending on the situation, but, but but maybe it's not because, you know, aspartame is a neurotoxin, it's an excitotoxin, it's poison. So no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not listening to what you have to say. You know, it, it's like, let's logically think about it. I know doctors can't always, be, well, they feel they can't always tell their patients what they should actually do because their patient might not come to them anymore. Because if you tell the patient, hey, you can't eat a steak anymore, you're going to die. You can't drink anymore, you're going to die. Now they'll go find a doctor who just kind of placates them in this little office echo chamber. 
It's the same thing why nowadays if a doctor says you should lose a little weight, it's called fat shaming. No, it's not called fat shaming, idiot. You're obese. You're going you're gonna to die. And then they're going to say it was COVID-19. Some 30-something-year-old obese lady just died. Uh, I think she was from New Orleans. Big, huge, humongous black lady. And uh, just totally, you know, on the verge of death anyway. And then she dies, quote-unquote, of COVID-19. And even in the article, it's like she was obese, she was sick, and COVID-19 just, just, just accelerated her decline. No, it didn't accelerate her decline. She died because she was massively overweight and, uh, you know, her body gave out. So, no, I don't listen to doctors and scientists and nutritionists when they tell me outrageous, preposterous, and ridiculous things like I should drink a soda over another product or I should drink a Gatorade over water. Well, there's electrolytes in it. Or, you know, I should eat uh I should eat like a steak over a bag of Doritos. Well, yeah, a steak's probably better than a bag of Doritos, but neither one is really that good for you when you eat excess amounts of them or even in smaller quantities. See the thing is, like you can eat a piece of steak, a small piece of steak. You can you you can drink a glass of wine. You could do these things in moderation. That's the problem. We need to do things more in moderation. And doctors and scientists and nutritionists, they can help. But when I'm reading a nutrition book, and this nutrition book tells me that there's nothing, no adverse effects associated with aspartame, and there's literally just volumes written about how poisoned and how poisonous, how toxic it is. I mean, are the are the people that write these nutrition books are they incompetent? How can I trust anything else they have to say? Are are they stupid? Are they compromised? How can I trust anything else they have to say? You know, this radio show that I was on, uh, Radio Wasteland, where they asked me, they, are you saying we shouldn't trust doctors and scientists? And, you know, I said, well, doctors and scientists, you know, these, uh, why, would I, why would I trust Joseph Mangala? Like, I'm being asked to trust somebody because of their title? I don't think so. I'll trust in actual science, actual facts. Science says carbon dioxide is good for the planet, good for plants. Science says toxic chemicals are bad for the environment, bad for plants, bad for animals, bad for humans. So how can an environmentalist say that genetic engineering and the usage of chemicals is somehow good for the environment to prevent total agricultural collapse due to climate change? Doesn't make any sense. How could you tell me that aspartame has zero adverse effects? You're just going to go all in? Zero adverse effects? The nutrition book that I have in front of me here says zero adverse effects. The thing is like, it's like a bioweapon. It's extremely poisonous. Extremely poisonous. And if I say that, oh, no, no, no. That's just a wild, outrageous conspiracy. And uh, nutritionists, you know, you don't trust them. You don't trust the doctor who used to recommend smoking a pack of camels. You don't trust the scientist who experiments on children. You, 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 don't, you don't trust these people? No, I don't trust them. And I can determine trust based on, you know, the individual's character. Uh, there are some doctors I like. I don't like them because they're doctors. I like them because they make sense. 
some scientists, you know, I don't really know a lot of scientists, but there's some scientists I like. They, I like them because they make sense. I like nutrition, but nutrition that makes sense. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. 
If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I swallowed some apple seeds today. Did you make yourself throw up? I tried, but I couldn't. Smoke some cigarettes. The smoke will suffocate the bacteria in your stomach. Okay, thanks. At BASF, we don't make the sunscreen. We make it extremely toxic. We don't make a lot of the products you buy. We make a lot of the products you buy better. BASF, the chemical company. Blinded with science. Nine out of ten doctors choose us. Four out of five dentists surveyed would recommend Trident to their patients who chew gum. But what about the fifth dentist? That lead paint is extremely toxic. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Kill germs for nearly 100 years. That's because only Clorox Toilet Bowl cleaners are toxic by Clorox bleach. And for an even toxic clean, try the Clorox Toilet Wand. Germ, germ, germs. As the clean beauty movement continues to grow and more people are deceived on the ingredients they apply to their skin, the potential long-term consequences could mount. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? I'm not a doctor. Once again, the brand named most was Camel. You lie! Are you aware that you could go to prison for impersonating a doctor? I'm not a doctor. Four out of five dentists, nine out of ten doctors surveyed would recommend Trident to their patients who chew gum. But what about the fifth dentist? Yes, according to this repeated, 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 repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. I'm not a doctor. The terms clean and natural are used interchangeably like safe, green, and non-toxic. Even though these products claim to be a healthier choice, it's all minimally regulated. That lead paint is extremely toxic. But toxicologists say it's really the dose that makes the poison. Dude, I'm having a panic attack. I'm actually having a panic attack. Will you settle down and have another cup of coffee? I am, bro. All right, well, fine. You know what, Barney? Give this guy a cigarette. He's freaking out. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. The website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Our final segment this evening... Trader Joe's, You've Got Preservatives, is the name of tonight's show. I went into a Trader Joe's, one of the first times I've gotten to go into a Trader Joe's in the last year because of their draconian lockdown measures at that store. I went in and I looked at uh, the hummus I used to buy, and I realized that the hummus wasn't the hummus I used to buy. They changed the ingredients in it. They added xanthan gum, which I can't eat anymore because uh, you know of digestive problems. Uh, some people just can't process it. It's not necessarily a, a, a scary ingredient. But then they added canola oil, and they added uh, safflower oil. The one I was looking at had like a combination, you know, the ones that say 
contains safflower oil and or sunflower oil and or rapeseed oil and or olive oil and or and it just goes on and on and on. It's one of those. And I started looking at some of the other products they had like uh, the salsa and they had added to the organic salsa citric acid derived from corn and uh, a bunch of other things that I'm not going to put that in my body. And I thought, well, they've always made, you know, the salsa and the hummus at least without those ingredients, and now they suddenly changed it in the last year. And it's probably all about money and extending shelf life. And that's, you know, I can't fault a business for attempting to make a make profit. Uh, but the question really is, at what expense? Uh, obviously, Trader Joe's isn't like a health food store. A lot of people go into Trader Joe's to get produce, and they have a really good produce section. It's a lot cheaper than most places you'd go. You get a lot of, a lot of packaging there. Some people have an issue with that. But I, you know, I, I, at first, uh, when I heard last year that Trader Joe's was being asked to change their product names from Trader Ming's and Trader Jose's and Trader, I think Giotto for the Italian foods, because they were racist. Uh, it looked like Trader Joe's was going to capitulate to the mob. And so I called them Trader Joe's, Traitor Joe's. And um, I uh, made this promo that kind of looks like the Oregon Trail. And uh, I thought it was a clever little show promo. And I actually pulled that promo back out for tonight, and I, and I redid it into kind of a part two of that show. Uh, called Trader Joe's, you've got preservatives, you know, like you've got whatever the disease was in the Oregon Trail. I think, I don't know, I think it's a clever, a clever little promo. Um, but I, I made that promo and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to talk about a lot more than Trader Joe's tonight, but going to a Trader Joe's and you look at those ingredients like I do and, and or the nutrition and you think, are, are people really concerned that the Chinese food is like, or the Asian food is Named Trader Ming? Like, aren't a lot of Asian people... It's Ming is like an Asian name, isn't it? How is that racist? You know? it, it Like, if you went into Trader Joe's and it said, like, in the Italian section, or maybe in, like, the Mexican section, if it said, like, uh, Trader Greaseball or Trader Wetback, you know, or you know, there's, like, white people crackers, you know... <laughs> Then maybe, yeah, if the black beans were called like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, nigga beans, <laughs> then yeah, maybe it's a little racist, but I, I don't, it's a name, you know, it's a name, that's all, it's a name, it's not intended to imply, in fact, it's the opposite. Trader Joe's is like a very liberal establishment, you know, the names of their products are meant to create a more inclusive world. So it's not just Joe, it's also Ming and Giotto and Jose and all the different names that they... So the mob of anarcho-communist, basement-dwelling, Marxist, left-wing extremist terrorists demanded that Trader Joe's change their products. And Trader Joe's, eventually last year, they decided they're not going to do that. And they uh, defended the product labels that had been criticized as racist. So... It's good news. The only problem I had is why a lot of people that were concerned about the names of the products weren't concerned about the ingredients in the products or the, the nutrition or the lack of nutrition in the products. We have, we have a lot of really misplaced 
priorities. And I also think it's funny that extreme leftists in particular, you know, like you think of like clean water, environmentalism. Normally you think of like Democrats, right? People that are environmentalists, conservationists, they're usually they're usually left wing. You get some conservatives, but it's usually like the perception anyway. There's just as many conservatives, but you get the perception it's usually liberal. And, uh, you know, you think about a water filter or, you know, cleaning up the environment. It's, it's all like liberal and feel good and uh, hippies and fine. You know, I, I have a water filter and I eat organic food and I have a mason jar I drink tea out of, for God's sake. I used to own a Prius, but I wasn't a political hippie or a left-wing person or whatever you want to call me. I'm not anything. I'm just like, I'm doing practical things. I like the mason jar. I like tea, prefer organic foods, like whole foods, you know, whole plant-based foods. Probably saved my life. Partially reversed a heart condition I had, made it better. Made my skin better. Made my breathing better. I was was a pretty sick teenager, pretty sick kid. Didn't really look like it because everybody around me was also sick. But, you know, plant-based foods probably saved my life. Can't say for sure, but it, you know, I feel a lot better when I eat them. Got a lot more muscle definition, a lot healthier, better body weight, better heart, better strength, better mind. So, you know, it works. At least it worked for me. But uh, the point is, why uh, Why is it that you know, there's, it's like a political angle to food and to water? That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was kind of ironic that, uh, you know, as the FDA is approving these COVID vaccines, anybody who says, I have a religious exemption, I have a medical exemption, I'm not taking it, you can't force me, here's the EEOC, etc. They're called a right-wing extremist, they're called a Trump supporter, you know, people are on TV saying, let's send the anti-vaxxers to Afghanistan, Let's uh, let's round up, put them in a camp. Uh, Mark Dice goes out and people say, sure, I'll sign the petition, put them in camps and forcibly inject them and hold them down and cover their face so they can't breathe with a mask. And it's like, who are these people? Just a bunch of uh, weird authoritarians who don't have any power. And because that they think they're part of a group now, they can just like bully and push people around or just a bunch of morons who don't know anything except what they heard on television and uh, those are the those are the 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 same people, you know. If politically speaking, they're on the left that were for years, decades, anti. And get this, anti genetic engineering. It, it was predominantly the left that was opposed to genetic engineering. Remember that. Remember when the left was opposed to war. Remember anti-war protests? Remember, uh, you know, GMO protests? I used to go to them in Orlando. And virtually everybody there was like, you know, it's the rainbow flag people. It's like a gay pride parade mixed with, hell no, GMO chants. And uh, somehow that, at the time, was not considered anti-science. That was considered, we don't want capitalism. We don't want big companies owning the plants. And, and, I, and I, I've always thought, well, that's not capitalism for me. Uh, it's just about, I don't want a company owning the plants. I don't want 
uh, one larger, multiple large companies patenting nature. I find that that's morally reprehensible, ethically wrong. I didn't have a political stance on it. People probably assumed I did, though. And, uh, you know, I go to these events and logically it would make sense. You know, the studies show that the genetic engineering causes tumors to grow in the mice and then they would cut the tumors out and say, look, there's no tumors. It's like, yeah, asshole, because you cut it out of the mouse. Very misleading, very deceptive, very manipulative. Chemical companies do that, that a lot of these biotech companies that engineer the foods are, you know, manufacturing chemicals too. And it's like in a very short period of time, all the left-wing anti-GMO protesters started telling you that GMOs are good. Chemicals are good because we have to fight climate change. In other words, their concern over GMOs and chemicals was replaced by climate change. And now GMOs and chemicals are the solution to climate change. Do you see how that PSYOP works? And at the time when you could have made an argument that Anyone, especially on the left, who didn't want a genetically engineered product on the market, who wanted GMO labeling, who didn't want the chemicals, insecticides, pesticides, herbicides sprayed, you could say that they were anti-science. Well, now those same people are telling you that you're anti-science, that you're a right-winger for questioning the efficacy, for questioning the efficiency of vaccines, let alone saying I'm not going to take them for one reason or another. See how that political hack job works? You see how that psych job works? And I mean, really think about it. Think about that. You know, I just get tired of this this back and forth. You don't trust scientists. Not necessarily. What's the scientist doing? Is the scientist ethical? Are they a moral individual? I mean, I believe that Dr. Mangala was a doctor and scientist. Do I want Dr. Mangala working on me in the hospital? No. You know, there's a famous case of a nurse. I'm going to actually talk about her a little bit tomorrow night on the show. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, devil worship tomorrow night. But there's that famous case of a nurse, a Texas nurse, who was suspected of killing up to 60 children. She's, uh, She's in jail still uh but there are psychopaths like that so no i don't trust every nurse and no every nurse is not a not a hero every doctor is not a hero um there are doctors and nurses who don't get considered for heroship in the public arena because they don't tout toe or tout some political narrative or status quo line Uh, that actually might make them more of a hero if you're just doing what everybody else does without asking questions or reading the science, then you're not a hero. You're a, a, an order follower. You know, you, you perceive that there's this, this rule that you have to follow, that you have to walk on. Because if you don't, you might lose your job. The people that give up their jobs, the people that leave their jobs, who are principled, they're actually heroes. You know, they have actual courage. Doing what everybody else does and being rewarded for it is not courage. It doesn't make you a hero. A real hero, someone who has real courage, faces the consequences of their actions. So no, I don't trust the scientists who experiments on children. I don't trust the doctors who are the leading cause of, of, uh, of, of, of one of the leading causes of death 
and arguably the leading cause of death when you factor in that they are the third leading cause of death behind cancer, which doctors usually kill you through cancer treatments, and heart disease. Doctors kill you directly or indirectly, negligibly, through drugs and through the lack of information they share with you, the lack of information they themselves have because of the negligence of of the medical uh, schools that don't teach nutrition. I mean, doctors really are the leading cause of death. You know, doctors also used to recommend camels, cigarettes. I was reading this uh, nutrition book that uh, that my fiance, uh, best friend Hope, has, uh, and she just it says in the book aspartame quote is not associated with any adverse effects in the general population, including children. What do you mean? Aspartame is extremely poisonous. If a nutritionist says take aspartame over processed, you know, refined sugars, okay, but at least acknowledge that aspartame is a neurotoxin, an excitotoxin. It is extremely poisonous. Uh, I don't necessarily trust nutritionists. People are upset. Oh, my God, Trader Mings, that's racist. Oh, my God, Trader Jose's, that's racist. Well, they didn't call it Trader Chink. They didn't call it Trader Wetback. You know, they called it a name that was appropriate to the culture for which the food represented, which in a sane, rational world would actually bring more culture, more inclusivity, not less, not diminish it. People are more upset about that, though, than the ingredients or the nutrition in those products. Just like Chick-fil-A with the, the whole thing about gay marriage and the whole thing about their Christian values. Really, Christian values let you eat the kind of food that Chick-fil-A serves. Isn't your body a temple? I don't know. These are just some of the things that I think about. And I, I was reading this book, uh, How Not to Die, by a Dr. Michael Greger. And there's a handful of things I disagree with Dr. Greger on. Uh, vaccines is really the, the one main thing. Um, but his book's not about that. It's about nutrition, about the leading causes of death. And he uh, quotes in this book on page 200, if you just happen to get a copy, uh, scientists at Carnegie Mellon University who took hundreds of individuals, some were considered happy, some were unhappy, and they paid them $800 to allow the drip of a common cold virus to be placed into their noses. Dr. Greger wrote this, even if someone with a cold sneezes right into your face and the virus gets into your nose, you won't get sick automatically because your immune system may be able to fight it off. That's obviously based on the the idea of germ theory. So the study question was this, whose immune system would be better at fighting off a common virus? Those in the group initially rated as happy, peppy, and relaxed, or those in the group who were anxious, hostile, and depressed? About one in three of the negative emotion individuals failed to successfully fight off the virus and came down with a cold. But only one in five of the happy individuals became sick, even after the researchers took into account such factors as the subjects' sleep patterns, exercise habits, and stress levels. Maybe they became sick because they they were down, they were depressed, they were anxious, they were hostile, they weren't feeling that well anyway. So they became depressed. Perhaps the effects of having a cold virus stripped into your nose mixed with the depression led you to a diseased state. In other other words, it was psychosomatic. It was a a placebo kind of effect or a nocebo kind of effect. It it manufactured something that really wasn't caused by by the direct thing that it looked like it would be caused by the virus stripped into the nose. And that's not what Dr. Greger is saying. That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, but in the subsequent study, the researchers even exposed subjects who had also been paid to the influenza virus, a more serious infection. And once again, increased positive emotions were associated with the decreased verified illness rates. Happier people, it seems, are less likely to get sick. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It could be the way they're eating that makes them happier. Could be a lot of reasons people are happy. Generally, happy people are healthier. Happy people don't get as sick, even when directly exposed to a cold or influenza virus. Now, to me, that doesn't prove germ theory. I'm not a proponent of germ theory. I'm open to uh, you know interpretations of, of germ theory that are a little bit different than the, the mainline narrative. But the whole concept of germ theory doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact that you can drip it into somebody's nose and consider it contagious and not everybody gets sick except for the people on average who are already depressed and anxious, that just shows you that it's the state of mind that matters more so than the thing, the virus, that's dropped into your nose. Uh, That shows you that that health is a choice in, in most cases. And it's not about what you can catch from somebody else. It's very similar to the experiment back during the Spanish flu. They couldn't actually transmit the virus. That was in medical papers at the time in Boston. And this all relates to uh, diet in particular, diet quality and risk and severity of COVID-19, a prospective cohort study, a study that just came out, uh, various medical schools involved uh, in Boston, uh, Cambridge, uh, Harvard Medical School. Conclusion was a dietary pattern characterized by healthy plant-based foods was associated with lower risk and severity of COVID-19. These associations Uh, may be particularly evident among individuals living in areas with higher socioeconomic deprivation. Yes, uh, well, you know, black communities that typically uh, refuse uh, vaccines, which will then, of course, create a second-class citizen, and more if you have passports for vaccines, it will create more segregation. But look, you don't have to, you know, stop eating a meat, a piece of meat. You don't have to stop drinking. You don't have to stop smoking. Just reduce the consumption of these things. You don't have to just come start eating you know, raw celery. There's a lot you can do with food. And there's a lot of replacements for dairy, a lot of replacements for meat. You know why? You don't even need to replace it. You know, it's just about making an informed decision. You don't always have to trust the scientists and the doctors. I like doctors. I like Dr. Michael Greger. I might disagree with him. Uh, if I talk to this man, he might not like me. Uh, but what he says is still factual. And you can have a debate with people who are reasonable and rational. You can have a debate with me about things that we might disagree on. Uh, I don't base everything in in emotion. And uh, it's important to recognize that not everything is about proving a point. And the only point I would like to prove tonight is that there really isn't a point to prove. And that we have priorities that are often misplaced. And I hope that you can recognize that and you can start questioning the narrative. You can start questioning the status quo. We question all the people that say you're anti this or anti that. A couple years ago, they were anti-science when they didn't want GMOs and they didn't want chemicals. And now those are the solutions they propose to geoengineering or rather climate change, global warming. They also propose geoengineering, which they simultaneously say doesn't exist. So think for yourself. This nutritionist book I has I have here. It's it has this statement in it. Aspartame's not poisonous. It is poisonous. It says there's no adverse effects. There's tons of adverse effects. How can I then trust the nutritionist? How can I trust the scientist or the doctor? How can I trust people with misplaced priorities? I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings. 
Think for yourself. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to the show. Grab a book. It supports the show. Support our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters. Thank you for those of you who have bought water filters and US Plus Health. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.